Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hey, Lifehouse Church. My name is Richard from Lifehouse here in Hong Kong, and I'm very excited to be able to be continuing on with our Closer to Honor series. Make sure if you've missed out on any of these messages that you go back to our YouTube channel and check those out. I'm sure you'll be super encouraged. Today, I get to talk to you about one of my favorite subjects personally, and that is leadership. And before we get into it, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you've called us to lead uh, in a great way to serve those people uh, that are in our churches, to serve our, our nations, our cities. Lord, even in our homes, you've called us to be leaders. And I pray you'd speak to us today, lift our hearts, draw us closer to you, Jesus. Let you be the example. We honor you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I think God deserves a big clap there. Now, I've called this message Redefining Leadership. And I want to talk about leading like Jesus. Lead like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I love Jesus. What an amazing example he is to all of us, even over 2,000 years uh, after his death and resurrection. So let me start off by firstly sharing with you my favorite scripture in the Bible. Yes, I know us pastors, we often say we love this scripture and we love that scripture, but this is truly my favorite scripture in the whole Bible. All the Bible's good, but this is my personal favorite. This is my life scripture. And it's in 1 Timothy 3 verse 1. And it says, this is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. He desires an honorable position. Those people that have a heart to want to lead in God's church, you desire something honorable. This is our Closer to Honor series. And I want to tell you that in God's kingdom, leadership is an honorable thing. We want to honor our leaders and I want to encourage I want to encourage the leadership that's within you and say, it's great that it's an honorable work to desire to want to serve God's people and to serve Jesus. So let me jump into today's story. Uh, it starts off, it's kind of an interesting story. We've got uh, a mother and her two sons coming to Jesus. Now, it's not just any old strangers that Jesus may run into. It's actually James and John, the two disciples, and their loving mum. Now, this mum, her name was Salome, and she was actually a key follower of Jesus. She was there when Jesus hung on the cross. She was there. She was one of those women that discovered Jesus's empty tomb. So she's an awesome woman. She's a believer. Her life has been radically changed by Jesus, and her son's uh, alongside her, I have become disciples 
pretty awesome family, really, if you think about it. And she comes to Jesus. She would have known him very, very well. It wasn't just like he was a far off distant, um, you know, prophet or leader or something like that. No, they would have been doing life together, these people. And so it's, we start off in Matthew 20, verse 20 uh, to 24. And it says, the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. Here we get this image of her kneeling before Jesus. She loves Jesus. She's got her two sons with her. And uh, she's a very good, good woman. But I will say that she's got a wrong perspective on leadership. She has a worldly perspective on leadership. And Jesus loves her. And he asks her, he says, what is your request? He asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other one on your left. And this is the part where it gets a bit cringy because it's like, huh? Is this, is this the favor that you're asking? You've come up to Jesus with your boys and you've basically said to him, ah, oh, Jesus, can you give my boys a special seat? Like, can they have a seat of honor? Can they be sitting in a place of honor with you on your left and on your right? And you kind of get this feeling of like, it's almost like bringing your mum along to a job interview and your mum's like saying, oh yeah, he's a great guy. Like, oh yeah, give him a job. Like, give him a promotion, give him a raise. He's awesome. Like, trust me, this is a really great guy here, right? It's kind of embarrassing. That, that, that James and John, uh, honestly, they should have stopped their mum from doing this. Uh, I, I don't know. I think they were all in agreement. Like, yeah, this is a good idea. Let's go ask Jesus so he can put us in a seat of honor. And that's the problem, is that leadership is not just this, this, this place where you sit and everyone claps for you. Oh, wow, you're so amazing, James and John. Oh, wow. Oh, you did so many great things. We love you. We're here to serve you. Hey, that's not the picture of leadership. In fact, leadership is not something that we just sit there and, and we receive and the people serve us. In fact, if we go back to my life verse and we look at a different translation, it actually, instead of saying it's an honorable position that you desire, it says you desire a noble work. It's a noble work. It's a good work. It's a, something to be admired. It's a work. It's something that you do. It's a service. It's serving people. It actually has nothing to do with being served. It actually has nothing to do with having everyone celebrate you in your seat of honor next to Jesus. You know, I, 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 if you think about who you honor in life, I honor great parents. I know it's hard to be a great parent. Uh, we serve our kids. We love our kids. We provide for our kids. We teach our kids. We train our kids. We pay for our kids expensive tutorial lessons and all this other stuff. We encourage our kids. It, we, we really do serve our kids. And although we have authority over them, that's true. And trust me, they, sometimes they need to know that, right? My four-year-old does think he's the boss of the household, but we have to let him know that he's not the boss. In fact, sometimes I say, who's the boss? And he says, mommy. I say, yeah, that's right. Don't forget about it. 
and uh, you know, but good parents, I, I honor you because it's not, you don't just sit in a place of honor in your house. You don't just sit in, uh, in your living room and while your kids serve you, I wish it was that way, but that's not how it works. That's not how leadership in the home looks. Hey, I want to honor connect group leaders. We don't lead a connect group because we, we want everyone to tell us how good we are for being a leader. No, we have this heart to serve the people in our group. God, these are the people who you've put in my care. And I'm so, I'm so privileged that I get to serve them. I get to, to, to pour uh, your truth into their lives and to, to see them flourish. It's a joy to be a connect group leader because we get to serve. I honor all the connect group leaders out there. I honor our amazing senior pastors who left an amazing life in Australia where they were doing great things. And they went and they moved to a foreign country where they didn't know the language. And they pioneered an amazing church for a people in Japan who, who most of which had never heard the name of Jesus. I honor that. That's a noble work. That's a good work. That's not sitting in a place of honor, wanting for people to acknowledge your status and how great you are. That's honorable. And this is kind of the, the, the heart of what I want to get to in my message, because we often, we often don't, we're often not drawn to leadership because we've seen other models of leadership and maybe they're not so good. And I remember when I was in my first connect group, was probably about 16 years ago. I was in Lifehouse Tokyo and I had a great connect group, but I was brand new to the church. And at that point, my connect group, we were English speakers and my Australian leader was moving back to Australia and they were, I guess, looking for a replacement for who was going to lead the connect group. And I remember at one point he says to the whole connect group and while I'm sitting there and he says, hey, Richard, maybe you could be the next leader when I go back to Australia. And I said, uh, maybe I could not lead because I don't want to be a leader. And I was pretty, I was pretty probably rude at that point. Um, to be quite honest with you, I was very immature. I had no desire at all to be a leader at all because I had some maybe some wrong, wrong images on leadership. So what is true leadership? 1 Peter 5 verse 2 to 3 gives this picture of a shepherd and his flock. And we often see that in the Bible, right? Even the word pastor kind of means to shepherd, to care for people. And it says this, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you're eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. What a beautiful picture of godly leadership. Joyfully leading people that we love, who, who God has put in our care, but leading them through our own good example. Not just because we sit in a place of honor, but leading through example. This is a good work. And I started realizing that the longer that I was in our church here and under healthy leadership, I was so skeptical at the start of, of leaders and I really didn't trust them. And yet the longer I was in church, I started to see this consistent pattern of great Lifehouse leadership. And what the pattern that I was seeing was these leaders were not in it to, to be served. They were in it to see 
other people's lives being changed. They were in it to serve us. And the way that I saw that most was that I felt like they were helping me. They were actually helping me. And the more and more that they were helping me and I was in my connect group and and growing and serving and they were leading me well, I started to see that they weren't leading me to get something out of me to serve them. They were leading me to help me. It was, it was true service and it started to, sh- to reshape and redefine what I, the way I viewed leaders. And, you know, Jesus comes to this, this woman and, and she's, she's asked this, this wrong question about leadership. She's asked for the wrong thing. But, but Jesus loves her. She's a good woman. And he has to help set her thinking straight, just like I needed that same kind of help when I first came to our church. And in verse 22, Jesus answered her by saying to them, you don't even know what you're asking. Obviously, right? By her asking for her sons to be seated left and right of Jesus. He said, are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? He was talking about the cross. He was talking about the sacrifice that his leadership would end it up would 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 require the cost of his leadership the cost of serving God's people he was he was pointing to the sacrifice this bitter cup of suffering that he would have to go through and he's saying are you ready to follow me through this because that's what leadership is about it's not about sitting in a place of honor and having everyone cheer for you it's about serving the people and that comes with some sacrifice and their reply to this and i don't think this was well thought through but their reply was oh yes they replied they replied we're able now, they don't know what they're asking. That's what Jesus said. You don't, you, don't, you don't know what you're asking. You don't know the gravity of this. And there is sacrifice involved in leadership. It's true. Uh, there is a cost. Jesus' leadership cost him everything. It cost him his life. He went to the cross. He, they put him on a cross because he had leadership, he had influence, and the Romans didn't like it. And the and the, the the Pharisees, especially the Pharisees, they hated his influence because through his good example, he was influencing people, and and it cost him everything. This the, the cross, this forgiveness that he he died to pay for. He's bought our freedom through the cross, and I want to encourage you. Give your life to Jesus. Come and follow the greatest leader who's ever lived, who died on a cross, who gave it all, who sacrificed everything because he loved you so, so much. This is the definition of true leadership. It's service. It's sacrifice. Leadership is a call to serve, a call to serve God, a call to serve others. And it's an honorable work. Why do I love leadership so much? When 16 years ago, I said I never want to be a leader. Well, because I actually love serving. I don't know about you, but serving people, serving the church, serving Jesus does something good in my heart. (laughs) My heart needs it. I have found that success, personal achievements, making money, or any other kind of thing that we can achieve is fairly hollow. It's fairly temporary. Uh, It's not fulfilling in our hearts at all. But serving people, 
serving the children of God who he made as valuable, wonderful creations, masterpieces that he is so proud of. As we serve people, as we build relationships with people, my heart is full. My life purpose is met. I, 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 I live a life that feels like, yes, I'm going to leave a legacy here of, of serving and impacting people and it feels good. And I love leadership because leadership is serving but multiplied. It's serving through, it's, it's seeing your impact re- reach more people through others. And I love that because I know I have my own limitations. There's only so much that I can do, right? There's only so much that you can do. I'm sure you're incredibly talented and gifted and you've got all these passions and ways you want to serve God and serve His church, but you are limited. Uh, there, there is a limit to that. And when we come together as a team or as a church or as a movement of churches, our influence is multiplied. We can serve more people. We can help more people. That's why we get excited when we see our churches growing. We don't want to build a big organization. We just want to serve more people. We want to see more people meet Jesus. We want to see more people have their marriages restored. We want to see more people healed because of what Jesus did on the cross. We want to see more people getting vision and growing in their gifts. See, this is true leadership, is when we come together as a group. We need leadership, right? Every country on earth has a leader. There's leadership there. Groups need leadership. And so I love leadership because I love serving and we can multiply our impacts as we all start rising in leadership. Now, Jesus then replies to James and John who have just so quickly said, yeah, 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 we can get involved in the suffering that you're talking about. We can sacrifice for this leadership uh, and to serve others. And Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup. And he meant that, right? After Jesus left, these guys went through some incredible persecution. Many of, w- of the disciples were killed and martyred for their faith. But Jesus says, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. And when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. Now, this is interesting because it actually says that James and John asked Jesus. So it turns out it wasn't just their mother. She was leading the charge, but James and John were very much um, wanting those, that seat of honor. But it upset the other disciples. And of course it would. It's, it's a, it was an ugly question. It was a selfish question. It wasn't a, it wasn't a heart to serve. It was a heart that was about them. And even though they were good people, it was just a moment where, you know, the flesh kind of <laughs> was a bit stronger than their spirit. And they, they really made a bit of a mistake here. And, and so people got upset at them. The disciples got upset at them. And I think this is what happens when you're around poor leadership. When you, when you encounter leadership in your, in your workplace and it isn't a good example of Jesus, it's not a good model, and you think, ugh, and, and you lean back from it, or maybe you were in a church and it was a, you, know, you didn't have a good experience there and you, and you felt a bit hurt, and so you, you're a bit turned off by it. And sometimes when we've encountered bad leadership, maybe it was even in the home, maybe it was your parents or a teacher, sometimes when we go through those kind of experiences, 
it can really hurt our image of all leaders. And there was uh, a moment when I was uh, in New Delhi and we were reaching the kids. We were meeting those amazing kids that we all support. Thank you so much for giving to our Heart for Missions offering every year. I'm so excited that we met our goal this year for all the funds we wanted to raise. And we've been able to, to bless uh, hundreds of kids over there. But you can still keep giving. It's going to go towards our goals for next year to help even more kids. But I was in, 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 in India, in India with our team. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a, a big fan of Indian food. And I made a very foolish decision to try the curry that was for sale on the side of the road. Yes, I ate from a street vendor in India and it was a mistake. That curry nearly cost me my life. And uh, I, I thank you, Jesus, that I made it. Uh, it was not a fun experience. And, uh, you know, sometimes when we go through these moments of food poisoning, maybe you ate some oysters and you got sick and you're thinking, ah, anytime you think of oysters, it just makes you feel sick again and you never want to eat that food ever again. I made a decision after my bad curry moment that I love curry too much. No, just because I've had one bad curry doesn't mean that all curry is bad. Amen, right? And so, so even since then, many years ago, I've had many wonderful curries here in Hong Kong. We have some great Indian restaurants. Uh, oftentimes, actually, our men's connect group leaders, we go and we uh, have Indian curry. And I think it's a lot like this with leadership. It needs to be like this where just because you've had a bad experience doesn't mean that you should give up on leadership. Doesn't mean that you should give up on church leadership or, uh, or any other kind of leadership in your life. And, and also what God could do through you for, for you to be a leader. Uh, God wants to do a work in you. And, and just because you've had some bad examples, don't throw away the thought of leadership like I had all those years ago. You've got to let go of past disappointments. Matthew 20 verse 25, Jesus calls his disciples together and he says to them, you know that the rulers in this world, they lord it over their people and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. And some of you, that's exactly what you're thinking. You're thinking, that's my boss. <laughs> you just described my workplace. <laughs> or maybe you just described my, uh, my, my parents or my dad, or I don't know what it is. But yes, much of the world has this image of leadership, but that's not true leadership. Verse 26, Jesus said, among you, among you believers, among you, the church, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man, that's Jesus, He came not to be served, but to serve others and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus did not come to serve, but to serve others. Anytime you think about leadership, we've got to think Jesus. Jesus, He's our model. Servant leadership. It's leading like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I do. I, I think He was the greatest leader who ever lived. His, his influence is still felt today. And He wasn't just someone who came to serve, but He came to serve effectively. And He did that through leadership. 
He did that through, through sacrifice. He paid the ultimate price. He was a true leader. And any time you, you, you have this idea of leadership or you see a leader in the church or, or you think about this maybe for yourself, maybe there's a dream somewhere deep in your heart because there was a dream in my heart. There was something that actually wanted to lead. There was a desire. I just thought that was bad. I thought that was my own pride of wanting to elevate my position. And so I squashed it. And how sad that is to squash something that could be used to serve others. How sad that would be if I squashed my leadership forever and I decided I'm not gonna lead in the church. I'm not gonna lead in business. I'm not gonna lead in the home. How sad, all the people that would miss out because I squashed what God was doing in my life. I really wanna encourage you as I finish up on this last verse here, 1 Timothy 3 verse 1, my, as I come back to my life verse, if someone aspires to the office of overseer, someone wants to be a leader, he desires a good work. Church, it's a good work. God wants to do a good work through you. And we honor all our incredible leaders, our dream team leaders, our connect group leaders, our pastors, Pastor Rod, Pastor Viv, for starting Lifehouse Church and all the years of sacrifice to serve other people. It's awesome. We honor it. It's a good work. And I want to encourage you to let God do that good work through you. Let that dream flourish in your heart. Don't, don't snuff out what the Holy Spirit wants to lift. Maybe you've got a got a, a kind of a dream in your heart. Maybe one day I could lead a connect group. Maybe one, one day I could lead a dream team or, or, or be a blessing to people in my community or, 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 or lead in the workplace and bring Jesus to my workplace. Absolutely sounds like an honorable work to me. Why don't we pray right now? Lord, we thank you that you have called us to lead. Lord, we're all going to lead in, in one area of life at least, Lord. You're going to use us to, to reach the people around us. And I pray that we would move closer to this honorable work, Lord, closer to honor. And I, I pray that, that truly those people who are leading in our church, that they would be blessed, Lord, that they would be uh, just, I don't know, that you would fill their hearts with just a joy in their leadership the joy of seeing other people flourish, the joy of serving your people. So Lord, I pray a blessing on them. And Lord, for those other people who may be thinking about leadership and maybe maybe they've pushed down those feelings a little bit, I pray that they would be encouraged, Holy Spirit, not just by, but by my words, but by your Spirit, you would encourage them to step up, to dream big, and to believe that God could use them to serve others in this amazing way. So Lord, thank you that we get to partner with you in building your church here in these amazing cities. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, I wanted to take another moment just to pray for one other group. And it's an important group of people. And it's for people who want to follow Jesus. You want to follow His leadership in your life. You want to give your life to Him. The Bible says that He died on a cross, rose again. He, he lives today. He loves you. He has an incredible plan for your life. And you can follow Him. You can know that plan. He's absolutely changed my life. He's promised us eternity in heaven with Him when we die. And you can have all of this just by saying yes 
to following Jesus. So right now, if that's you, I want to put a a prayer up on the screen. And why don't you read this prayer out with me? You can read it in your heart or out loud if you like. But let's pray this prayer to Jesus. And He's going to come powerfully into your life, whether that's for the first time or even if you're coming back to Jesus. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen. Amen. That's the best decision. That's a life-changing decision right there. And I really want to encourage you, tell someone about that decision that you've made to follow Jesus or to get back to following Him. Don't let that decision just be within your own heart. Share it with someone. Share it with a leader. And we want to help you grow here at LifeHouse. Thanks for being with us. And we'll see you in the next episode of this series. Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider LifeHouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.